0: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I got a very surprised guest today a long, long time friend. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself in a minute, but I'm going to talk a little bit about him. Me and Vinny know each other probably, I don't know, a good 40 years, right? Yeah, yeah at, at least, least 40 yeah. years, which is bizarre. <laughs> uh, Vinny is it. a, um, he has no longer lived here in New York. He was lucky enough to get out. A little ways ago what 20 plus years ago you're out of here or maybe not that long. seven years oh that's all yeah it yeah. seems like seven. forever uh but he is a retired fireman retired new york police officer yeah. and decided that he was done trading his time for money yeah. and he decided to uh take on being an entrepreneur which yes went from working 40 hours a week to 400 hours a week that's true but i'm uh yes. super super excited that you were able to he, he had a uh, physical that he had to come up to do, and, and I'm lucky enough to have him in here with me today, so I figured let's shoot the shit a little. Absolutely, my pleasure, my brother. Yeah, my pleasure as well. I think it started in the mid-70s, you know, the wiffle ball leagues we had. That's right. Early
1: on, very early on, and I think the dream in life of so many people is to actually you know, maintain that lifestyle of playing the wiffle ball whenever we want that's a right. when you think about it really? right you know well, why would you want to change that so that's that I think was one of my driving forces to get Unless involved in you're playing in against
0: Richie Lamb he cheated nah. a lot yeah parts.
1: and listen there's a lot of things he did <laughs> well, <laughs> well when we used to box you know we used to pair off and I was very fortunate to have him as an opponent always time, you,
0: know? you were the yeah. next oldest yeah. kid I,
1: well I'd run through a lot of the guys yeah. you know and then uh, I, but I got good at it because of fighting Richie that's
0: it <laughs>
1: you know because then when I fought normal human I'm like this is easy I gotta fight Lamb later yeah,
0: that's true but we were just talking about people that we haven't seen in, in forever yeah. their names and you know really brings back you know a ton of memories as you know I live in the area that we both grew up in as kids so it's it's you know whether it's my morning walk or you yeah. know taking the kids around the block or even down to Ralph's Ices it's right. it's great to be able to walk past people's houses and my kids don't know what the fuck I'm talking about but I'm happy
1: so many memories though like it's bizarre it's a weird it's like nostalgic when I come back because I've been away seven years, and, and you know I moved away seven years, right? <laughs> and so, uh, but it's bizarre to like look. And I'm driving even even on Victory Boulevard. You know, you know so many houses after so many years in Staten Island. You've, you've spent so much time in different houses, different homes, different blocks, and it's an odd feeling, you know. And I, and I love Staten Island. I'm a through and through New Yorker. Right? It's, it's funny because down south they always they ask. You, are you from New York? I'm like, well, what, what part gave it away? Yeah. What was what, what, what was it? And then I say, well, what's your name? I'm like, Vinny, How you doing? But in the side, down south, they call me Todd
0: Wilkinson. Is your name? It's Italian is? for <laughs> extra
1: special. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, I'm
0: sure they enjoy you down. Oh, uh, it's
1: great. Uh, it's good. We, uh, listen, we, we're in a bubble. I wanted to move my family out there after I retired from the fire department. It was either, you know, we do what most people do. We go down to manalapan New Jersey. <laughs> Then I went down I was like, everyone from Staten Island's already here. So we started looking out in uh, the Carolinas. I was spending a lot of time on, on Zillow at night, just in, 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 in all these different places to like look at homes down there. And finally I said, we gotta go do it. We had that conversation earlier, right? Okay. We just gotta go and look, otherwise I'm gonna spend my life on the internet looking at houses and, and schools and crime stats and all these different things. I said, uh, that was it. But uh, yeah, so that was seven years ago we moved.
0: Yeah, so that's interesting because a lot of people now, you know, who's retiring, who's right. just sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, they're all making that move down there. And that's, you know, pretty good advice for people to, to you know, sometimes you just, you know, have to jump in a car or you have to jump on a plane and, and just go look at it, right? You know what it is? We, we all, I guess it's the whole
1: system that we're, you know, somewhat indoctrinated into. You do the same mundane thing over and over and over. You never really stop to take action or do anything in it. And before you even do that, you've got to uh, you've got to put it out there. You've got, you've got to visualize it. You have to have a vision board. It's funny, real quick, funny story it was because uh, it's what we wanted to do. So when you want to do something, you put up you put up photos and different things, and you start talking about it, writing about it. and You have to make it real. So we did that. I had the dream board in the back and the visual the vision board in the back. That's and then we we had moved down because we we started going. We looked at like seventy five different homes and every every. Every little thing about each home. It's funny. Two things I said are non-negotiable. We have to either have a basement or a third floor. So you know we have neither. Yeah, but South anyway.
0: Florida doesn't
1: have any grace. Right. We we have a we have a flat yard. But it, and anyway, so what we did was we put the vision up there. We put the houses up there, and all the different things up there. And then after we moved, we came back, and, and, and one of my wife's friends, uh, another Jen, which is odd, a Jen on Staten Island. Another Jen says, "Hey, do you have a picture board? Do you have a new picture board in your new house?" I said, "Picture board? What do you mean a picture board? You know the picture that you had in, in, your, in your house with all a, I said, "That's a vision board. So you need to create a vision. If you don't take a, a vision and design your life and, and, and create your future, you're never going to take action." So she slaps her husband and says, "We got to get a picture board." I said, "It's a vision board." So uh, yeah, we, listen, we had to do it. You know, it was a thing. And looking back now, and again, I love Staten Island. I, I really do. I love New York. I'm through and through. But I look back, it's the best movie we, we ever made. And another thing, too, we did was this. And I was speaking to one of my sons about it, was you've got to write down a list of why should we stay in Staten Island. And there was a big list, you know, a, a lot of friends everywhere we go. We know somebody, the food, all, all the things. Our lives are here. And we wrote down all the reasons why to stay in Staten Island. Then we wrote down a list of all the reasons why to leave Staten Island. And it's a tough thing to do too. Then we wrote on a list why to not go move to where we moved. Why, you know, and, and try to find all the flaws in it. And then why should we? And when you have those all in front of you, you look at everything, it jumps off the paper, at right? It becomes obvious to make the right decision because making a decision is a hard thing to do, especially a decision to, you know, uproot your family and move them so far. A lot of us dream about it or think about it. We say we're going to do it, we should do it. And like anything in life, and we never really get around to doing it. So, right. you know, you create the vision and then it, it stirs up that inspiration to, to speak about it. And then you go take the action and you do it. Yeah,
0: because you know, there's so many people that I'm talking to now that are saying, oh, I got two more years, I got three more years, I got six more years. You know, everybody wants to do it, but I'm just curious when that time comes, you know, if they actually make that leap. And, you know, I admire you for it, especially having, you know, young children um i have two young children as well you know i'm obviously looking to uh relocate out of this out of this uh, state you know sooner than later um but that's something that you have to take into consideration right yeah. school systems Everything. how they're going to adapt you yeah. know i guess you don't want to wait too long because my daughter's 11 right i don't want her to be 16 and then resent right. me for the rest of my life that i took her away from all her friends um but i think that more and more they said uh <laughs> You know, a couple of years ago, Mario Cuomo was the uh, Mario. Uh, what's his name? What's the son's name? The other one. The other, the other one. Yeah. He uh he got realtor of a year in Florida.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, he did. Because everyone wants to leave. Yeah, everybody left.
0: You know. And it's it, a crazy
1: yeah. state. It's becoming. A, it. This has become an and it's everywhere too. But it's become, and even the schools too. Because you look at the schools. Say we we've got to get the good schooling system. Y- you know, you may end up in private schools anyway, because right. the public education system is, you know. Like what they're promoting, it's It's crazy, hey, you know, hey, they want to, you know, the whole thing with the drag queens, it's like, let's applaud this guy, take your ass out, put it in this kid's face.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, And and they're like,
0: they're they're cheering it on, it's insane, bro. You know, we had this talk the other day with my kids and, and, you know, I don't, whatever side of the fence, you're on, you're on, that's fine with me. But, you know, my nine-year-old comes home and tells me that, you know, there's a boy in the girl's bathroom and there's a girl in the boy's bathroom. I just think at nine years old, that's not what we're supposed to be teaching our kids you know i just i just don't not even me, close I, I don't find i don't find any value in it not that i'm against whatever you feel like doing with, you, with your private or personal life but i just think that at nine years old children are supposed to be children and they're supposed to you know enjoy
1: yeah a sign of offense is one thing and, and and you know a preference is another thing but when you have a grown man in a bathroom with a young girl i don't care what it is that's that's that that's right. basically criminal so, you know, it was when you were a cop, you know, growing up in Staten Island, it's the culture, right? And my parents figured out, like, you know, because I negotiated my way out of PS8. Like, I, <laughs> my thing was, like, I, straight. I just could not sit still in class. I'm like, I, I don't really give a crap about what you're telling me. I don't give a shit about Saturn or anything. So I, uh, you know, that they knew early on that I wasn't going to be an engineer. That was out. Right. And so, it was, you know, go to school, get good grades or try to get the good grades, but get a safe, secure job at a pension and benefit. That's the thing
0: that that was that was the mantra back
1: then, yeah right yeah so i took all the city tests i took sanitation and corrections and court officer nypd fdny them all and pd called me first you know so i uh it's funny because i like lying to my dad i remember him making me he said you got to take i said i want to be a cop but i was lying the deep down it was it was interesting to me and to do something you know so i became a cop at 20. wow Oh, yeah, yeah, I was so 20 years old. You were a baby. Yeah, I was. I was a baby. And I looked younger than I was then. Yeah, I looked actually. like I was 15 years old yeah. out there. And I went right into the ghetto. And I was like, this is fun. Like, you know, I can stay out late now. And so uh, it was a gr- an, an amazing experience. You know, as a young cop, it's funny, because as a young cop, you like being in the ghetto. You like what the action is. Sure. And as you get a little older, and then once you have children... You're like, I, I this is dangerous. I got to get the hell out of you. I mean, I was a, a fireman once I had the, the kids, but that's uh, a
0: funny story. I don't want to interrupt you, but I try yeah. to get this thought out. You know, I remember you telling me probably you know twenty something years ago. I said, Vin, why don't you work here? Like, why don't you work in the one two three? Why don't you work in the one two two? Right. And you said because I don't want to pull over some kid with his foot out the window yes. telling me how his uncle and his father and his brother. Of the captain of police on Staten
1: Island. That's right. That's right. That's something I definitely want to yes. say with the foot out the window. Joey, Nicky, Tony, Beanie, and Sal are my
0: uncles. Yeah. Now he there's said, no way I arrest somebody out <laughs> there. Nobody yeah. knows any. No one knows anybody, anything. And I arrest you, and, and that's
1: it. I do my job. I loved the ghetto. It was a great. It was a great place to work, and you know it's funny too because they speak about danger as a police, and, and there is, of course, is inherent danger. The thing is, the real danger is the hypocrisy of the government and the, the hypocrisy of. You know, the, 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 we see what's happening. I don't have to get too to delve too deep, but you really couldn't do your job, you know? And, like, the hardcore criminals, they were my most fun to play with because they got it. They, they were cool about right. it. You know, they knew we were playing cops and robbers. Right. You got me. They didn't always go willingly, no. but they were cool, you know? And, and I had a... the game. That was... And, and I tell you another thing. Some of the greatest people I've ever met are basically, they're stuck in there and, from, from the ghetto. Greatest people. The nicest
0: people ever. So um, they're just stuck in that ecosystem. That that's what they were taught. Yeah. And that's, that's how they got brought up, and this is a way of life for them. You yeah, know, it's, it's definitely had to be an interesting, interesting job, especially early, early when you were actually able to police. Today, I, you know, I have a few guys that live around us that um, are police officers, and you know, it's it's just very difficult for them to do their job. Yeah, you know, and I feel horrible for them. You see yeah. these videos of people spitting at you, throwing water at you. You know, cursing that you know, and you, you—they're just sitting there like deer in a headlight, and and I just don't, I don't get it. Obviously, I've never been on either side of that, so so I don't really know how much to bring to the conversation. But it just, something just doesn't seem right. It's it's it's
1: dirty now, and it's like you know the 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 criminals are backed by society, and it's just a real thankless. And it always has been. But, you know, that, that's all. and the danger and the crime, I think, was even greater when I when I got started for sort of the crime stats. I mean, they're coming now, uh, up now a lot in New York and every major city. But it, at least you were able to police and handle everything's like on video now. It's just yeah. it, it's just and anything. I mean, you. <clears throat> I had a lot of friends became firemen and I, you know, they were it seemed like, they were always off. Right. you know, talking to my friends. they were always off. What are you doing? I'm off for three weeks. I'm in a mutual pool. I'm off. I was like, I want to be off. <laughs> how, I want to be your. You, what made you flip? Well, it's all about time. Everything, from business and everything else, it's about. It's, it's, again, it is about wiffle ball. And the reason I say that is because I've been asked that over the years. What's your? What's your why? What's your reason? Why, or how can you become unstoppable in business and anything? It's wiffle ball. It's it's your desire to be really honestly free. And right. as kids, we were free. So I saw an opportunity with the fire department to not only have a cleaner life because the police department is a very dirty job. And what when I, when I mean by dirty, I mean it's just um, the dirty environment. Just everything, handling criminals all day and everything else. I was doing prisoner transports, which was a lot of fun. Now, that was a podcast. Now, that was a, that was a show. But that being said, I wanted to work 24-hour tours. I wanted to be off three or four days a week. And I—that uh, was my driving. That was my my number one thing. And I did that. I I, I rolled over, and it, it, it really is. They call it the greatest job in the world, FDNY. And I just got back from medicals. It really is. The camaraderie there was great. It's funny uh, when I got on the job, FD, I had no idea how to cook. I didn't. I honestly didn't know the difference between an onion. <laughs> <laughs> and garlic. I really didn't know the difference because I, you know, I was mama's boy. My mother cooked for me and did everything for me, and they're grateful, rest in peace. And then when I got married, my wife does everything for me. So I, you know, I still to this day, still, right? grateful. still very grateful. And that being said, I, I just became interested in cooking. So my mother would give me these meals and I'd start cooking at the firehouse and 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 it became a thing. So now I can instantly whip up a meal for 10, 15 people easily, you know? So- but, No, no well, I got this, I got this. Oh, and I, I enjoy it, you know? And so that was a really fun uh, job. It was a very different thing. So the police department, when you're on the in the station house, uh, you have to get out. It's like, what are you doing here? Get out. get, out, get out. And the fire department, you can't leave until you get cold, right? And a well, big difference is, the, the you know people's perception of you, so you know I would get out on the street and even in the ghetto they would say like, yo you we like FD you ain't like them cops. I was like well I was two months ago, <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> you know it's a different color uniform I have. But you don't really know. so you're, you're, are you judging me by my by my, my job my color my color of my uniform? But anyway, it was everyone seems to love the firemen and fire the fire department, and I can understand why you, you look like you know perceived as heroes, but. You know, everyone and anyone, I think, we spoke about this, about helping people, putting people first, and that's what gives people, doesn't. you don't need a job title for this. If you've ever stopped and see someone with a flat tire, and you helped them,
0: Absolutely. you get a great feeling.
1: That's it, really, in essence, to the core of the human is what we want to do, is really help other people. It's just complete polar opposites in jobs. And And that's
0: kind of what what propelled you to, for your next stage in your career, right? Of, Of different businesses that you've owned was really trying to create financial freedom for others. Obviously you being along in that, in that equation. Yeah. But I think that we've spoke about that, you know, a lot of times that, you know, everybody has an issue, right? Everybody goes through something in life. And if you can be that one little, you know, bright star in that person's day, could be a sentence that you said. Could be you know, five minutes that you spent on the telephone with them. Could yeah. been, you know, just saying hello to somebody. Yeah, right. That could actually really change the the uh, mm. projection of their day. Um, so, talk about what you're doing now, because you know.
1: Well, yeah, uh, that's, that's great. It's uh, it's always this thing. Like it's funny too, because we uh, met each other again in life in the mortgage business. Yes. Because I had this funny too. I was just telling this before, is when I was a fireman. Uh, you know, then we got I, we got married. I became a fireman. A year later, we got married, and a year and a half after that, my wife got pregnant. And then again, and again, and again, and she's like fertile myrtle. It was all of a sudden. It's like the, everyone's like, "Hey, congratulations for your new kid." I'm like, hey, I couldn't pull out in time. They're terrible. They
0: didn't have condoms. No, anymore?
1: they. I always used them. I always used them, and then I, all of a sudden, I stopped. And and then we started having babies constantly. But you notice I put the year and a half in there because yeah. it was it was all you know, it was on the timing was right. What are the ages? They're now. Uh, 19 17 16 and 13. Ooh. i had at one point we had three under three three babies under three and people said well what about the diapers i'm like the shit the diapers i can handle out of my poops if you, you know we can get into some poop stories i have sure. too there's a cop there's another one but uh but it was the sippy cups or opinion the worst and so by, by, so by the time we had the fourth kid we're like you know make your own lunch
0: and these it, bottles are made by scientists today they got straws with the air out yeah. of and, and we like, had
1: every little thing yeah we, and it, it actually this this leads into why i got started into business too because we had to have every little thing you know, we got the, the, now we had a mortgage, then we got a second mortgage, the, you know, f- the free money of the HELOC back yeah, in the day. Oh, absolutely. And I says, oh, man, I got to, and actually, it was a little bit before that, my brother says, why don't you get into mortgages? Now I'm still living at home. I'm like, I heard of that. What's a mortgage? What is that? You know, I, I mean, I had no, because I was always prior to that, into having fun, right? Yeah. So I says, all right, I'll get into it. And then I went, I met the friends of, our, of ours we were talking about that I knew growing up, and my friend's mother, who I knew was a friend of mine, she was the branch manager of a bank. And I went to that bank and I says, I, you know, I made an appointment to see her. And she's like, she started speaking the language of the mortgage, like, you know, HELOC, LTV, the debt to income ratio. I was like, yeah, no, I know. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, you know, I had no clue. She, I didn't know what LTV was. <laughs> and so I get there. And I mean, what's funny was they were all they were all kind of like gangsters that were working there. You know, at the time, this is back. And great guys. You know, loved hanging out with them. It was, it was a, another show we could have had. But anyway, it was in 2000, late 2003. And all of a sudden, like, I, I got the job. It wasn't even a job. You just show up. Yeah, it was refi
0: boom started. Sales
1: call, sales yeah. call, sales call. And I just started. And, and I learned from making mistakes in mm-hmm. that because it was, no one was going to help me. The processor was always angry. And so no one was helping me. And I had to figure it out myself.
0: Oh, wait, 05 you started? I started oh, well, 03. Oh, yeah. 03. So you were still catching a little yeah. bit of a good market before, yeah. it, before it started. Well, the,
1: uh, oh, f- yeah, oh, 04, five, six was, was really good. Stuff, yeah. Right. I mean, we crushed it. I, I started right. I was making seven, um, yeah. not, sorry, I was, uh, six figures in that... Um, in that industry.
0: As a, as a side gig. As a side
1: gig. Right. So, but the the reason I, want, I started doing it, it's funny, because when I was a single cop, I didn't make much money, but I was loaded. I always had a ton of money in my pocket. Then I was making, you, you was know- single. You know, single. Then I was making, you know, six figures on the side of the fire department, and we were broke. <laughs> <laughs> you know but but, but why and I, I think everyone can identify a lot of people can identify this and this is something we can't speak about you know money's the root of all evil don't speak about this yeah. we'll just work our whole life for it yeah, to pay the all the shit said
0: that was broke.
1: yeah well it's part of the indoctrination okay. and so uh so i got a mortgage a second mortgage then i had to get two car payments i don't call them getting them cars i got car payments right. because you know you can't put a baby in a used car it has to be a new car
0: right.
1: all right so i got a new car we got two new car payments then we had these little plastic loan sharks, were they credit cards? Loan sharks. Yeah, the loan exactly. sharks. Yeah. I went to the sharks, yeah. and then I, so we started saying, well, then we got the, the new house, and we started making it nice. Why don't we get that faucet? That, that one's 600, yeah. the other one's 100. No, let's get the one 600, it looks nice. Every little thing was like free money, yeah, right?
0: Yeah,
1: sure, just use the plastic. And plus, if I, I get the HELOC as a backup, yeah. I already have just that. Just in case. Just in case. And so I did, but you know, what's happening next? So we got, you know, baby furniture. Then we went, I see Mickey Mouse. The kids have no clue. They don't remember any of it. No, 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 boom, then. every time, boom, boom, boom. Birthdays, everyone had a ball pit birthday and a week long birthday. And the, a birthday par- for the grandparents, right?
0: But how about, my birthday was in, in your basement with the with the weird paneling on the
1: walls. Right, right, right. My yes. mother made the cake, yeah, yes.
0: and, and you all came over. On a Tuesday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, Richie Lamb made yeah. half the cake, yeah. and then it was over. Yeah, he ate the, the cake and then beat everyone up. Right, and then yeah. the party was over. Yeah, I was like, that was it. What happened? Today, it's like everything's got to be this extravaganza. We have to,
1: and look, where the Joneses, too. We yeah. did it, too. We, we did it, too. And so, but now with four kids, watch this. They all have, let's just say they all have eight friends that we have to go to their birthday parties. And that's 32, eight times four, 32. That's 32 weekends of the 52 that I'm spending at ball pits. Right. I was at places, it was back-to-back. I was like, you know, I'm most, are you leaving? No, we got the next party the next coming party. up. We're going yeah, to that one too. Early too yeah. so to and then there. we would sit so with the other parents at these parties, they're getting so yeah. much. I know, yeah, well, I have my kids next week. You got yeah. to come to what? And so I was at night... Like, that was the trade-off too, right? It's like you knew it was coming to yours because you went to 32. I was like, why don't we all as adults, stop this madness. And so, um, you know what I'm saying? Why don't we, have about you don't have parties? Right. I don't have parties, right?
0: So, we'll just call each other.
1: Yeah, right. Let's we'll we'll do a Tuesday afternoon. Blow out the cakes, Johnny. And then here you go, the candles. So I um, I was stressing out, you know, because we had, I had too many bills. But we were happy. You know, we were always laughing and happy. everything. But, you know, as the father of the home, sure. and my wife was too, you know, I'm saying do we have to go to that kid's party tomorrow? That's just a party, every little thing. And so that's when I was approached with a leveraged-based business from a buddy of mine. And it's funny too, because anytime someone pitches you about affiliate marketing or network marketing, you say the same thing. I go, my buddy calls me up, he's like, he pitches me over the phone about this company, right? This is in 2007. And he goes, uh, he tells me, I said, well, what is it? He starts explaining, I go, is that like a pyramid? And I don't know why I said because i would never said that before in my life. That's uh, something that was implanted in my brain somewhere for the indoctrination. If someone comes up to you with an opportunity and a very low barrier of en- uh, entry with a-, a big upside potential, it's pyramid. Okay. So I said that to him, and I don't know why I said it. So he invited me to this meeting. And I did like what most friends do. You know, I didn't show up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said I was going to go. Uh, right?
1: I, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah and he calls me the next day he's like dude you wanted to meet i yeah whatever I, there's another one tomorrow night and i says okay i'll go to that one i didn't show up then i'm like what he's getting pissed at me and, and and i so i was telling my wife she goes just go to the meeting in fact she wanted me out of the house right so i go to this meeting for this this pyramid party right and i go at the staten island hotel What's we'll this one <laughs> we go there and you know my our buddy who, who yeah, invited sure, me yeah. Sure. He and you know he's got like a head trigger temper, right? So we we go to this this meeting in Staten Island, this pyramid business, right? And there's literally almost a fight between the Italians and the Russians. I'm not even kidding you. And he's like, we may have to get a fight with these guys. I'm like, dude, I got kids at home. I'm <laughs> I'm here with a button down <laughs> from the mortgage, but I'm not fighting with it. What are you talking about? like what is this? What is this, you going crazy? Is this fight game that you're me? Dude, of? and then so we go into the place. The guy that does the presentation, that wasn't even presentation. <laughs> Still to this day, the worst. I'm, I'm serious. The worst presentation I have ever heard. He opens the presentation. He's from New Jersey. He goes, I hate coming to Staten Island. This is his opening. I'm <laughs> like, all right, this, this sounds like this could be funny. It was a punchline, right? I don't like paying a toll. I'm originally from the Bronx. You guys aren't real New Yorkers. Let me try to get this thing set up. And that was what he said. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is going I on? To this in the fucking Zone Yeah. Right now. So, anyway, uh, they're talking about this business, and uh, and our, our friend gets up and goes, show me the money. Anyway, long story short, everyone left. So, I mean, when did you ever go to a presentation? And there was an argument with the people in the audience, with the guy, and everyone left. So I said, I had heard the guy in front of the room made like a quarter of a million dollars the, the uh, previous year. So I says, you know, I'm in. <laughs> so that, I, I wasn't quite sure about the this fighting thing, but I'm intrigued by the too. I, I was intrigued by the concept or something. So my, it's funny too, my wife goes, go to the meeting, but don't buy anything. So I went like a good husband and bought everything. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, I, I, it's funny too. because So then I went home and I went on YouTube and I, I went on Google and Google said the company's a scam. I'm like, yeah, but I went to the company website. It doesn't look like I have the, I didn't see a risk. Being a cop, I was in narcotics. I was a farmer. There's no risk of me spending two hundred bucks on, on these products, right? There's there no risk. So, um, so I looked online and I started looking at the business model. And let me just tell you, that was it for me. It it, it blew my mind. the 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 concept of that business models would blew my mind. I didn't know what I know now. We we went and ended up taking that business to you know seven figures, and it was like I had never made that kind of money. And that's, when it, that's what led me down the path of entrepreneurship. Because real quick story on that was, so there was another meeting and now knowing how to invite me, now I'm going, right? So I found out there's a meeting in Raritan, New Jersey. And I told my buddy and some other friends who you know, I says, we got to go to that meeting in Raritan. They're like, we're well, not going over to paying a toll. I'm like, What? I'm paying a toll. Now I'm I'm at the bottom of this pyramid. Right. Like I'm under everybody. Right. I says I'm going. What do you What do you? I said, I go. My wife. Now I still hadn't told her that I I got in.
0: Right. So. um... (laughs) <laughs> that's another funny I was going to say I loved to hear that story when you got home what happened yeah, nothing <laughs> no, yeah
1: well I said it looked pretty good and she goes are you going to sell that stuff now I said no, 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 just, you, no. why Just, not you just go to sleep and I, and, I, and I went on Google and found out everyone said all the red uh, flags are up it's, it's a scam it's this right so anyway it turns out the company did like 970 million dollars a year a couple years later right a, a, a boom it was a juggernaut company but anyway so I go to this meeting in New Jersey right and I go early and the guy's still setting up the room, a different guy. And I was in the mortgage business. I just, you know, I, I closed some loans. It was September of 07. I in in, in um August of 07, I had made 16000 dollars in the mortgage business. Very good month, right? For a part-time gig. Absolutely. Great, great month. So I go and uh I tell the guy I'm all proud, like the guy said, I says, uh, yeah, well, I'm in the mortgage business and I, you know, I made sixteen thousand dollars last month. He goes, Yeah, try making nine thousand dollars a week. And he was a cop from Davie, Florida. That got my—that was my price to pay attention. Yeah, that was my price. Right there. And so, because then, so then we went to Atlanta to this function, and people aren't going to route in New Jersey; they're not going to Atlanta. So I went to this function in Atlanta, and we had to make a lot of sacrifices. We had, at the time three babies, and uh, we went to this function, and I thought it was going to be like a sales training thing, and it was all about personal development. It's all about leadership development and sales and communications, and and business education. And that's when I was introduced to Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cash Flow Quadrant, uh, and, and his whole Rich Dad series of books, and I, I became immersed in the industry. Isn't that
0: bizarre? So yeah. many people don't want to take that shot, because they're no. afraid to make that first step. Yeah, And then you actually make it, and you realize how easy it was, and how profound it was for the rest of your life. It
1: was a shift in my Consciousness. It was a shift in, I mean, not to do it on the show, but the cash flow quadrant is the employees and small business owners and specialists think very different than the big business owner and investors, very different. And they don't think like what I was taught, go to school, get a safe, secure job, a pension benefit. It's all about, you know, reoccurring income, passive income, building assets and not liabilities. I'm going to say assets, cash flowing assets. And so, and it's funny because that type of language was very foreign. This was 15 years ago. Where now, now, not having a side hustle is strange. Right. You know? Well,
0: nobody yet heard the word entrepreneur 15 years ago. I couldn't spell it. Right. I still can't. Yeah, no, like, I can't.
1: A good entrepreneur can't spell entrepreneur. Right. I can't you know? spell it. Because they know that that's unnecessary for you to learn that.
0: I think that, unfortunately, it's used in the wrong way as well today, right? I think that, that people today think that it's a, a uh, almost a scapegoat to not do anything, right? But to call yourself an entrepreneur. Right. Um, you know, you, you, you work comes before success. Uh, success comes before work only in the dictionary. That's right. right. So it's it's a, that's the only thing that I, I fear with that because if I go on any social media platform, that's the first title that everybody has, right? right? It's like, you know, you, you, you can't tell me any businesses that you... You built and exited, but you're an entrepreneur. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, a lot to do with, with the people out there today, the Gary Bees of the world who, who you know, have put entrepreneurship on the map. Um, but I think that in a way, it, it gives people the ability to hide from from actually doing the real work. And that's the part that, you know, I always try to explain to people that action is a big part of, uh, of it all, right? The vision boards and the planning and all that stuff is great. But if you don't have the action behind it, then then what do you really have other than, you know, an idea, right?
1: Faith without works is dead. You have to have dirt on your fingernails. And the only thing that's going to drive you to do anything and create something is to have, you know, obviously the vision and the desire, all the, all the little things. You know, it's easy to say I'm an entrepreneur, but then there's a lot of little components in any business. Even if you're an affiliate marketer and building someone else's uh, company, there's a lot of working components because now you're in the people business. Absolutely. And now like leadership is a big component, and people behave differently. Not only people who are potential consumers or prospects or clients, they behave. So you have to understand that's where communication comes in and how to communicate with different people. What's the love language of each individual? And you have to be able to lift up your language. You have to understand the language of, of, of an entrepreneur, of a business owner, and understand your audience. So. A lot of these things come into play and, you know, action is probably the best coach out there. You know, you have to let, you know, action be your coach. But we talked
0: about that, too, from a perspective of learning, right? Neither one of us did very good in school. Neither of us really wanted to be in school. Um, You know, I think today, quite honestly, that the uh, school system is failing you know, children today to, to make, you know, my kids believe that every 90 days they're going to get graded. And depending on what that grade is, that's what they are. And if they don't do it the next time, then there's even severe consequences Mm -hmm. and so on and so on that it actually, you know, conditions children today to think that like, if I don't do this, this is going to happen. Right. And it takes the free thinking away from them. It takes, you know, a lot of, of what, what we talk about of, you know, reaching out of your comfort zone and and trying to do something a little different away from them because it's almost that same mentality of, you know, your dad or my dad early on being like, you got to get that union job. You got to get that pension. You got to get that because that's what the school system teaches you, right? They don't teach you financial literacy because if they did that, they, they, they might lose money on taxes.
1: Well, they wouldn't have teachers there.
0: Right. Well, that's (laughs) the other thing. They wouldn't have teachers as well. Um, which, you know, I don't know, that's good or bad that, you know, there's a lot of good, good teachers out there. I just think that the curriculums that they're forced to teach today don't necessarily, um, lend to the development of, 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 of people the way that it should. Yeah. Um, you know, the stuff that we learned in school that I, I've still haven't put into practice, but now come full circle. Now I'm 50 years old and I thirst for knowledge right? right it's just such a weird thing i always said that about god he's got some sense of humor yeah. he makes you get halfway through life before you figure it out right? right and i wish that i had the desire to learn the way i do today yeah. 25 years ago we would both be on you know 200-foot yachts by now
1: well it's specialized knowledge too it's what you're interested in like years ago you can memorize baseball cards or music whatever it may be <clears throat> if you're interested in that and <clears throat> yes interestingly enough i i teach my kids the same thing to get good grades in school and to get a safe, secure job with pension and benefits. I mean, anytime that that's available, I think that's a great thing to do because it's it's that it is security. It, it You know, the security of a paycheck is a big deal. And I think we see a lot of that, too, in entrepreneurship now. People are calling a job just over broke or, you know, fire your boss or creating this culture like that, you know, having a job is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing and it teaches you a lot of good things. I think I was just listening to a podcast about, you know, if you work in retail, you're actually getting an education and you're getting paid for it, right? But, you know, sales is the number one paid profession in the world. Marketing now is something that you can do for free. Leveraging tools like Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and and all these different free platforms, when you think about it. Absolutely. And having an opportunity to create leverage in your life that's really going to
0: give you the freedom. I just think that maybe, maybe I framed it up wrong. You know, I just feel that... So many children today, or, or kids our age, even, right? You watch your father work 40, 50 years, get that pension to drop dead three years. Yeah. Up, right? So, yes. So they work for 40 to enjoy three. You know, I think today, with these platforms that you talk about, with these marketing techniques that are out there, with the consu- with, with direct to consumer marketing yes. that is, is obviously taking over the world, um, I think kids know they have options today that maybe 100%. we didn't have, right? You know, grandpa, if he wanted to make more money, he had to get a second job. Right. If he wanted to make more money again, he had to make get a third job, right? We're walking around with supercomputers in our pockets yes. that, you know, and I tell people this all the time, don't tell me what your nine to five is, tell me what your seven to 10 is, yes. seven to 11. What do you, what, that's where the grind is, that's where the side hustle is, where I believe that's gonna change the dynamics of education because First of all, I think COVID kind of slowed everybody down, right? I think COVID yeah. kind of put everybody back inside their house, kind of made family time a little bit more um, appreciative than it's been in the past. Yeah. You know, everybody's always, you know, on there, you go to a restaurant, and you see, you know, 70, 80% of the people, they're not even talking to each other. They're on their iPads, which, listen, sometimes. To me, if I want to enjoy a good meal, I have to give my nine year old an iPad because otherwise <laughs> he's asking me the most ridiculous questions the whole entire time. Right. That, and I can't eat. Um, but I do think that the youth today understand that they do have options, right? That they maybe instead of going and getting that buck fifty a year job that they know can provide a certain lifestyle for them, they might, you know, opt to create content in their basement and make eighty. Right. And understand that maybe, you know, I'm not saying that you should sit in your pajamas all day long and that's healthy, but maybe I can spend a lot more time with my family. I can, you know, I can talk from my own perspective. I watched my father build a a very lucrative business as a child, Um, but I also watched my father miss a hell of a lot of baseball games, Mm. never showed up in a baseball practice. If anything, he picked me up an hour late. I used to tell the coach all the time, Sandy, what a great guy, you know, would be sitting on the trunk of his car like like Bad News Bears and uh Walter Ma- what Walter, Walter? Walter yeah, yeah whatever his name is Walter Matthau he would look at me he goes you think he's coming and I said to him finally I said to him I said you know Santhi not for nothing you could have drove me home and you would have been home by now yeah by the time we sat here waiting. but I understood why he did it he didn't do it because he didn't love me he did it because he was trying to build a business right right um, you know it's it's not easy to, to it's lonely at the top right yeah um, you say that all the time right yeah it's it's uh you got to put the work in. So I do look back at that and say, yeah, maybe maybe we missed out on some stuff that I make sure now as a, as a father of two kids that are heavily involved in sports, I do my best not to miss any of it. Yeah, you know? I see that too. Because I think that's, you know, that's what life is about, right? It's like we're all going to die and you stuff this green paper inside of the box with us.
1: Yeah, no, you, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's creating memories because they last. So it's like, you know, my wife says to me, uh, she's going to a cousin's wedding in in, um, in California. She goes, should the little guy go? I said, absolutely, take him with you, you know? And, and so it doesn't matter. I mean, costs of anything always plays a role, but you can't put a price on memories and creating things. You, you, you really can't. So <clears throat> she's like, should we go to the Yankee game in Atlanta? I said, yes, like whatever it is, yes let's do it but let's become better stewards and what happened with to to go back was in our first business we made you know for us it was extraordinary amounts of money multiple five figures a month over and over again but we weren't good stewards of our money and so rather than attacking bad dad we just got more stakes and pocketbooks right? right and vacations and so, Which is
0: very, very important that lesson that people yeah. don't understand, right? Making money is one thing; holding on to it is yeah. a completely different thing.
1: You know, losing a biz- the biz- that business was uh, a great learning experience. Back to failure, right? You have to fail. <laughs> How can you, you know, you can't learn without it, right? That's like saying I want to grow some muscles, but I don't want to sweat. And so, uh, so what happened then was after that, because you have, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, like the Grand Cardone's and the Ed Milettes, and then there's the Dave Ramsey's, right? So I, you know, I applied Dave Ramsey having like a Grand Cardone type of vision, right? Okay. That makes sense. But but Dave Ramsey principles with our second business and our second, then I also learned how to do the math with businesses. Like, you know, back to, back to the banking, I didn't know how to do the math, you know, figure it out. So I was able to start reviewing business models and look what, you know, what, what does the market want? What is the market willing to pay for? What's the price? And what's the retention, acquisition, retention, things like that, that are so important in business. So the second business we did, uh, we built a, a team of uh, an organization of 50,000 customers, but I didn't buy stakes. Right. You know, I, I, I got rid of bad debt, bad debt, attacked the bad debt. And so by doing that, we were able to, for me, you know, able to, you know, to How be many healthy. years
0: ago was that? Because I just have a, a question that I want to ask you. Yet.
1: That was in, I started that second business in 2011.
0: Okay, so that's 12 years ago. So you were still here. Yeah. Do you find that um, geographically, right? We spend more money based on where we live, whether it's keeping up with the Joneses or whether it's just the cost of living in general. Or Do you find that when you're down there, you know, how many of your friends have Rolex watches and Mercedes Benzes?
1: well where i live yeah well where i live everyone's got bucks well, you yeah. you said yeah, that yeah, you're in yeah. a corporate area yeah, yeah yeah but
0: i would just assume that, that
1: outside little, of where yeah there, yeah there's
0: less of that right there's well, less of that
1: there's, the competition so where my brother lives let's just say because he's down in the south too there's none of that there's no rolexes there's no you know nice that's it's funny we're conditioned to call them nice things but there's none of that there's no joneses there's no flashy things there's no but you know there's a there's a balance there too, you know, do I want an Audi R8? Yes, but no, is that practical? No. But for a week, I do. Yeah, for a week, I'll take it, right? But uh, you know, we do want, if I want to have a steak, I want a good steak. If I want to rush around, so we want the good things. I want to make sure my wife has, uh, you know, and it's not about how much I'm paying for things. It's what is it that you want? You know, there
0: is what joy does it bring?
1: Certain head? things that you make sacrifices on, right? Sure. And I think, you know, the way I am, I don't really need much. You know, that's just the way I am. Do I like a good steak? Yes. But um, I think you've got to put in perspective, I'm a huge on bad debt and interest and borrowing money. And mm-hmm. borrowing money is just the worst day of your life. Root of all evil. It it really is. That's paying interest. And no one does the real math. And this is something I do trainings on. And part of the culture I have with my my new business is all of those things and all of those principles, you know, it's it's always have fun, embrace personal development, build wealth. Wealth is measured in time, not money, right? So it's about, you know, I'd rather make $5,000 a month in passive income that's sticky and with a 94% retention rate than $25,000 a month and have a, you know, a 5% retention rate because, yeah. But it's also so there's that component of it is um, you know is is creating a culture in where people are like I said embracing the personal development, but not spending beyond their means, and 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 one of the things we teach now in business is with this, the side hustle culture. This is why I'm like I'm bullish on have a good job, and like you said, what do you do from seven to ten? Have that side hustle, and. It's either one, either one or the other. You take the side hustle to pay it, down bad debt and cover your liabilities and expenses, so you can literally keep your job money. Like what would like I said earlier when I was a young cop, I had a lot of money in my pocket because I didn't have the expenses or liabilities. So it's about having that, and just you know, by doing that, you're able to
0: lessen stress. Right. And, but I think a, a big part of it also is enjoying what you do. I think too many people yeah, mean, got forced into, you know, a life of something that their parents wanted them to do and they didn't necessarily, you know, have, have uh, the wherewithal to stand up to them. Maybe they lived under their roof. Maybe they, you know, felt a certain way. And I think that's another struggle today with people. is just that, you know, people are doing things that, that um, don't make them happy. Right. And yeah. I think that, you know, let me just put my phone down so yeah. there's not to keep uh, zinging um too many people are miserable in what they do every day right and that that has a profound effect on their life not just Huge. on their job it ha- they bring that home to their wives they bring that home to their children you know that's where i try to come from a positive perspective speaking to people from a motivational perspective of find something that you like to do i understand the um you know you you love what you're doing, you're never going to work one day in your life. Unfortunately, that's a small percentage of people from what I've seen in my life. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that by instituting the principles that you're talking about of, of Dave Ramsey and, and, and getting that debt down and, and understanding that, hey, if I can do this side hustle from, you know, seven to 10, seven to 11, putting together vision boards, putting together the work right the, the, you, you you talked about stuff before you joked around but that's work right yeah. making those lists of, of, of why I want to live here right. and why I don't want to live here people don't do that because it's work you know that that's all it's huge opportunity but yeah. it's work and I always say opportunity is dressed in overalls and it has paint all over it just tries to sneak by you yeah. like it doesn't you got to grab it and drag it into your house but that's the work
1: yeah you know I <clears throat> really well put Scott is Enjoying what you do. I think when you have hope, a lot of us live these quiet lives of desperation, and a lot of people become like an old shoe. We we, we convince ourselves that oh, I love what I do. I love what I do, but I wouldn't do it for nothing. And you know, this is why it's designed to have the weekend and the sports and watch people. You know, uh, follow their dreams, and before you know it, you know your heroes, your sports heroes, are that were once older than you, they're now younger than you. you know, so you know, the great Jim Rohn says, never let your birthday candles outnumber your accomplishments, right. right? And so having a side hustle and learning something, and you know, you're a voracious reader and learner, and is learning something new. Learn, apply, learn, apply. When you when you get it done, then you teach. You invest, you learn, you teach. And when you're learning something, it creates hope. Like creating a vision board is doing just that and then writing down lists and then creating. It'll give you, it, it releases those things in your brain that give you hope. It's like, when I was a young cop and I would drive in the Gowanus and I'd see the, the lotto, you know, the one, one yeah. uh, dollar and a dream thing, right? It would take me to a place and, and saying, what if, right? What if I won the lottery? What if that happened? And of course, what do we think? I'll pay off this friend's mortgage, that. We always want to take care of other people first, right? But it brings you to a point of hope. The 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 problem with that is it's not it's not a tangent. It's not real. right? You know, I mean, yeah, you play the lottery. But if you keep playing the lottery, playing the lottery... You, you you know, you're going to end up being disappointed, you know, right? Unless, uh, you know, right. some freak. Uh, well, they, well, how
0: many people do you know one? None. Except how many people do you know play? Everyone. Exactly.
1: Many. And so, uh, and, and and honestly, I don't think any of my, like, Uber, like, wealthy, successful
0: friends, they don't play. They're, and if they do, I'll tell you what happens. Because yeah. it's a billion. Everyone's forced them into it. I stopped
1: and got a couple on a billion.
0: And, yeah. and, and and they buy the ticket and they find it in their jacket three weeks later.
1: Yes, and then we got to check to see if the numbers were. So when I sit there, like, oh my God. Right. So when you when you put something on from your brain to your to paper, now you're getting somewhere, right? Uh, Thomas Edison, they said that he used to, he, not Edison, uh, Henry Ford, he used to drive around, uh, not drive around, he used to walk around and he had his an index card with what his goals were. And all day, he was obsessed, he would t- stop every, day, take out and look at what he was doing, right? He, he didn't forget what he was looking to do. He didn't say what am i trying to do again oh yeah build a model table whatever it was he programmed his subconscious mind it's in the book thinking grow rich and for your viewers if you haven't read that book it's a must read in life for Absolutely. leadership communication Absolutely. and we all go that's you'll never hear it in school like you know up until i was 37 38 years old i hadn't heard of that book grab that book i'm like this is Like, why would we want to read that? If they interviewed, like, the 500 most successful people in history and have the, you know, have to melt it down to the 13 things that they, principles that they do that stood the test of time,
0: why wouldn't we want to know that? And isn't that bizarre that when you read these books that that the stuff that that Thomas Edison did and the stuff that that Henry Ford did is still relevant today? You know, this stuff doesn't change.
1: Have you ever read the book Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill? If anyone reads that book, even a section of that book, <clears throat> if you're reading that or even listen to the audio, a certain area of that book, you think they're speaking about exactly what's going on in the world today, like right now. And we're talking about like political wins and social wins, all these different things, as crazy as it is in the world, it applies to everything that's happening right now because they're principles. They're not, you know, guesses, they're principles. and And these these are fundamental principles right and so when you follow these these things and you know kind of put it all together like you said it's work know what you want to do cuz like i you know i'm driving back down to north carolina right if i don't know where i'm going i'm going to end up somewhere else right like if you if you want to go from new york to florida and you know where you're driving to disney which you, you don't, is don't say, go west you don't go west you don't go you don't say you know let's, let's take this road you can end up in kentucky you'll never get there right. and it's it, if and you would say, like, hey, dad, why don't we drive over to Ohio? Like, what are you talking about? Like, why would I even consider not getting off, getting off of I-95? Right. You wouldn't consider it. Why? Because you know where you're going. So it is where focus comes in, right? So if you have something very specific you're looking to achieve, you 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 know, you're not going to say, hey, take a look at this or take a look. You have to be singularly focused on what it is that you're looking to accomplish. And, you know, that's when the goal setting and dates and things like that. You put this all together and then getting dirt on your fingernails right. and looking to fail.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's a question that I have for you because I know a lot of people that I speak to struggle with doing multiple things, right? Everybody's yeah. going to be a you know jack of all trades, master of none. And, and it's the new thing, right? The guy that was a crypto specialist three years ago is now a year ago a marijuana specialist and now is an AI specialist. Right. It's like, what advice do you give people from that perspective of focus of, because I've seen it too often that people jump from the new thing to the new thing, to the new thing. And guess what? Six months from now there's going to be another new thing, right? And another new thing. And how are you able to stay in one lane? Because you kind of stay within that, that, you know, development, that growth development stage of, of, I understand the businesses that you run are similar, but they're all kind of have a rewarding package to them to, to trying to help people better their lives through financial freedom
1: that's the, the key is working on yourself because you can control that whenever you're focused on becoming the best version of yourself and i don't have that figured out by the way I, I'm, it's like a plane going to california you know from new york you're, you're of course 99 percent of the way but if you're aware of this you hone yourself in constantly and you know as far as tying yourself to a specific niche i think nowadays rather than and and, and you can't say you're an entrepreneur or pretend to be an entrepreneur If you're following this and then following that you've got to make one thing work first and you've got to focus on making something work but becoming the best version of yourself you'll be able to and how do i say like from a financial perspective and i told you this earlier my main objective initially was creating passive income flow that surpasses my uh monthly obligations this way if i drop dead god forbid My financially, they don't miss a beat. There's things like life insurance and four hundred one ks and things like that. Those aren't passive income. The passive (laughs) income residual bills are happening whether we like it or not, or whether we like to talk about it or not.
0: Weird how that happens. They never lose your address. Never do mortgage company. They're just always on top of it, even though. Other things happen in the world. No. Catastrophes no. all over. Doesn't matter. They know exactly. It's
1: like, good fellas, F you, pay me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please get struck by lightning. Yeah. Huh? F you. The, it's coming. And we, we, listen, another thing we've all acquired, we've acquired new expenses. We've acquired Netflix. We've acquired more cell phones. Sure. We've acquired more subscriptions so, so it's like, you know, if you know what you want to do and become, you're going to, like you have, I mean, you have your fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the market right now. And, and being able to, you know, uh, start a podcast. I mean, everyone, I've, I've been, I told you, I've, I've been wanting to start a podcast for forever and I just never did it, right? It's, it's about doing it and taking the actions. But as far as someone, because again, yeah, you could chase the marijuana, you could chase the CBD, the crypto, the NFTs and the AI. And they all do play a role because look, Cuban says it, right? You only have to be right once. That's true. So you could be right once, right? right? right. So there is, there is that. As, as long as you understand, you're going to fail was a possibility to fail or fail big i would say don't take too many risks don't borrow money don't borrow money against your, your house don't be willing to invest something in, in something with a potentially short-term um, uh, payback with a big potential payback something that you're not willing to lose right <clears throat> you have to work on your emotional intelligence your eq uh, you know understand that you don't have all the answers i mean it's where humility comes from a great book by kevin hall Asp- <clears throat> Asp- aspire, is the origin of words. Learning about humility and soil, and, and and becoming the best soil yourself, so you can, you know, if a seed's planted in you, it'll take and take a good root, right? So it, it's it's and again, like you're the same way, it's like when you when you see that, it goes back to that meeting I went to in Atlanta. I wanted it so bad, I was willing to do the things that I wasn't comfortable doing. All
0: right, you know, no one's work.
1: Yeah, the work, the reading that, you know, reading 10 pages a day is a very mundane, easy thing to do. So is doing 100 pushups a day or 50 pushups. So is walking a mile. So is, you know, but mastering the mundane is key. Okay. You know, day in and day out. You know, there's a, there's a saying out there that successful people don't do things different. They, do, they don't do different things. They do things different. Right, they just do those little things that, in the course of doing them, don't seem like much of a difference.
0: And I think it's consistency, right? I think so many people, you know, even from a health perspective, everybody's, yeah. uh, you know, wants to lose weight, gain weight, this weight, that weight. Nobody likes the way they look. That's why these uh, Botox doctors are crushing it right crushing. now, right? Um, if you look it up right now, I think the number one sale of any online e-commerce business is weight loss for women over thirty. Yeah, right. So everybody struggles with that. And I think that I've always believed, and you know that, that I've, I've struggled with, not that I've struggled, but I've, I've dabbled in different diets and different, you know, techniques. And I don't believe any of them work. I think it all comes down, we talked earlier about the carnivore diet, right? Yeah, right. you can pack yourself with a ton of cholesterol and fat and see how that works for you. Right. And it might work for you, right? But I just think that it really comes down to consistency. And it's how, it's, it's doing the little things every single day. Right. It's it's selling a million apples for a dollar opposed to selling one apple for a million dollars.
1: Yes. And
0: I think that's the key to not only, you know, longevity in, in, in health, but longevity in business and longevity and happiness is just, you know, inch by I have a saying inch by inch. It's a cinch by the yard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, and it's not my saying everybody thinks that all these little things I come up with, I come up with them because you read, right? You yes. read and you, you listen to people a lot smarter than you. You listen to you know, 13 giants that have created one book that, you know, you try to take one or two little pieces out of, right?
1: It's key. It's that little nugget, the little takeaway. It's funny in the gym, because I always loved to do push-ups and pull-ups and dips. And I don't know why. I just love that stuff. I think it was, I was inspired by Rocky. You know, <laughs> it, And that's another thing about inspiration. I can sit here and tell you about this new movie, Rocky, that was out. And you're like, it sounds, sounds good. Maybe we'll see it. But if you saw it, you'd be on the floor doing push-ups, right? Right. So people would say, "How do you do so many push-ups? How do you do so many pull-ups?" My answer is by doing a lot of push-ups. That's the only way to do it. I can read a book all day. Wow, that's that's a good technique in push-ups. But get get on the floor.
0: You got to make do your reps, is what I would say. Do your reps. If you don't put your
1: reps in, you don't fail, and you don't have pain, and you don't love the struggle. Embrace the struggle. You know, and, and know what's going to happen. And there's going to be enormous disappointments. Your best friends, your, your parents, you, you, you know, your best friends are going to tell you that'll never work. You know, they, the, those are the, the the doubting Thomases, I guess. Those are the ones that are going to look to stop you. Right. Are they doing it intentional? Sometimes. Some people, some yeah. friends are. They will. Sure. If, if, if you approach a friend with a business opportunity and they say, it's not for me, I hope you do really well. They really don't hope you do well. It's not being that mean, but that's like saying, if you if you invested in uh, a stock and you told me about it, I said, "Nah, I'm going to take a pass." Do you think I'm going to, I'm going to hope that it goes to like ten x's? Right. Uh, that I'll be I to do jump want, off a bridge. Do you
0: want that phone call? No, a no. I, year
1: later? No, you going to want to say, "Oh, thank God!" You know. I bought Apple
0: at five dollars. Yeah. So you got in
1: right? Right. That's what I'm saying. No one's no. so, but but you're gonna but you're gonna experience that, and this is where the comfort zone comes in you know, when a, with a business or like, even when I was in the mortgage business, there was this thing, called. I think they still have buy-downs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now so, they have
0: me more because the rates issue. Right,
1: through. so there's these, these buy-downs. And I remember, wow, I wanna go out and I this is something I wanna do. So I got a picture done, I got a, a flyer done. And I went out to builders and I just walked on to the, you know, I walked up to them and started speaking to them. And you know, you're gonna get not nine or 19 out of 20. They're gonna say, nah, I got a guy. But someone's gonna say, you, my guy, they gonna like you. Whatever, Some, something, you said got to them, Absolutely. and that's it. Do you remember my father? That he had his business. He he made the white reindeer, and the and the. I don't know if you knew that. My no, father. Not, no, so my father, for years, he um, he was a he was a carpenter, and he he also was sanitation, safe, secure job, pension, benefits. But he made the, the wooden reindeers and the and the pumpkins that you put mums in and the little the bridges and the windmills all these oh, things okay. and, and yeah yeah so he made all this stuff I don't know if you remember I had like the cow mailbox we had in front of my <laughs> so he made all this stuff by had made ducks he was he was a craftsman he's an artist right and so for years we're saying Dad you gotta you should sell this stuff one day I'm fed up and I get his stuff I put it in my car right I get you know whatever I, I got a pumpkin, I got a reindeer, I got some of his stuff that I put, and I just got my there was no like no cell phone nothing. I got in my car and I went driving down Highland Boulevard up Clove Road down Victory looking for nurseries, looking for flower stores. I went in and every single person said, but I not interested, we can't use it we can't use it then I went into place on Richmond avenue on the of course in the firehouse over there right uh, right uh, into right victory, Yep. right <laughs> Rocco's. And I went in there and the old man says, nah, get the hell out of here. As I'm, as I'm walking out, the son comes out, the son who is, you know, more so my, my dad's age. What do you got there? And he, say, he goes, you know what? Leave them all out here. And if they sell, we'll buy more of them. I'm not kidding you. I got my car, drove by. I gave him my phone number to my house, right? Got back. He called. He said, we sold them all. We need more. How many you got? So what happened was I, so I said to my father, we got a customer. To, he's going to buy all your stuff. It was like, how much do you want? All of it. And my father must have made cash business at the time. May, my dad rest in peace. We just lost him a yes. month and a half ago. Thanks. Uh, he, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash that he was able to. And that's that old school business model, though. That, that business model is, is really ineffective now. He, he cut off t- tips of his fingers. He, said, yot, yot, yot. he couldn't hear from the store. But he did that. He hustled. Why he's dressed in overalls? His hands were like sandpaper. But, but let me ask yeah.
0: you. I got to interrupt yeah. you because yeah. you, you know this is where I disagree. Is it out? Is it not around anymore? Right? Because Dad today can create actually e- yes an ebook that teaches people yeah. how to do that. Right? Create a course, charge two hundred ninety nine dollars on how to create this flower pot. Yes. And there's people doing it. There's a company called Etsy. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with them. Yeah. Yeah. I bought I bought a, a four pieces of of, of one by one by six that were glued together into a little box with a little hole in it, and it said, "Have a drink on me or something." And you put your your solo cups in there with the pen, and you took it out and you wrote your name on it. And the guy's selling them for twenty-five dollars. It yeah. doesn't cost him but sixty cents to make that thing if he's buying the wood in bulk. Today, I know yeah, right. the wood might be I think. yeah, but but so so is you know. Could your father still have operated today from a passive perspective with not having to use the tools? Right. That's why the passive
1: to... perspective, yes. Right. Yes. Well that's right. what I, that's, that was the thing too. I says, you know, you're out here cutting your tips of your fingers off. Right. He was he was uh, you know, go, he but was that's terrible. what I love yeah. about
0: technology yeah. today, that that seventy five year old man yes. could actually have a side hustle in his basement creating content. The world to see now, right? right? No longer do you have to drive up Victory Boulevard, yeah. go to Rocco's, yeah. get denied by six or seven people. Yeah. I can put content out there for millions of people to see. Now, uh, are ninety-five percent of them going to say I don't want your product? Yes, well, it's, but it's the five percent that, yeah. that 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 do say yes, and that's why, like, I'm so enamored by you know direct consumer, right? I'm it's, so enamored by the fact that I don't have to any longer go to wall bounds and buy toilet paper right i mean i i yeah. like i just think that there's certain things that you don't have to get leave your house for anymore there's so many products that you can buy directly from you know maybe not toilet paper from the perspective of scott's but you can buy materials direct from consumers now and cut out middlemen and i think that is really revolutionizing e-commerce and, and how we buy things today
1: change the world I mean, that's an understatement actually. You can create a business around that and around anything that you love. Right. You have to have the hustle and get around people that like you that are making it happen. And so here's an example. So there's a new business model that just hit the marketplace where they, they took like network marketing and they got rid of all the shit that doesn't work. You know, what doesn't work in that industry is auto ship, business volume, overpriced products,
0: and hype. Auto ship doesn't work? No. I got That's a funny story. Cause I did, me and Vinny did, did yeah. get involved with something years and years yeah. ago. And you, you got cases of, of, of juice sent to your house. Yeah. And, you know, of course I ran to my father and my brother and my sister and my aunt and my uncle. And, you know, I all, you know, they all bought in because they were going to help out their, their, their nephew or yeah. their son or their whatever, yeah. even though that they probably weren't onto it. So one day I look on my sheet, my father, he disconnected. Yeah. And I said, I called him up. I said that. You know what's the matter? You don't want to, all of a sudden, you don't want to help me out. He said, Listen to me, whatever it is that that they were taking from me, I'll give you double. Yeah, but I can't get out of my garage because yeah. the boxes right. are so hot, right? right. Can't right. right. Can't I'll give you pull, a double. I can't <laughs> pull my car out of the right. garage. Stop sending me cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. No, I know. So that's and, why. I, so, well, I, and right. the, you have to experience it to, to realize that that model, and that was 15 years ago, now it's completely antiquated. You know, to sell a product, first of all, it's overpriced. Here's why that's that's an overpriced product. Not just that product, but a, an MLM product, right? Is because if I'm paying $150, I can go to Amazon. If if you're selling a product for $150 and I can go to Amazon and get something similar for $30 or $40, I can't run around town with a patent saying my mine's the best. No, I'm going to Amazon. Absolutely. Or now your father's got that all those extra cases of juice or whatever the product is because it's all you can go get that same exact product. That actual product on eBay for fifty percent off, or thirty or seventy percent off. So that's a model, and we're talking about a three hundred billion dollar a year industry that pays out one hundred and twenty five million dollars, I believe, a week in commissions. All right, to, to independent tr- distributors, and so. But but that being, but it's it's at a point in, 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 like w- where's their opportunity. That business is consistently going down. Now, if you could see that, you know, when people see something going down, they can put a uh, put on it, or they can hedge it, or they can um. What do you call that when something's going down? And, and anyway, you, you can make money when the stock goes down. Sure. What well, that industry is going in the opposite direction. So, there's an, shorting it. Shorting it, right? Yes. There's a new there's a new business model that took the one good thing about that MLM model is leverage, where you can have. You know, a, a business, you, you tell someone in New Jersey who you knows someone in Florida and Canada, you know, Mexico, you have an international business with no inventory, no packaging, no shipping, no branding, no headaches of a traditional business you have, right? And so it's leveraged. So that's a good thing. Only problem is the order, ship, and all the other stuff. So now you got a business model that erased all that stuff and kept the leverage. They take affiliate marketing, which is a great business, I mean, Amazon's an affiliate, Target has an affiliate, Home Depot, A- every big company understands they need to have an affiliate plan because nothing beats word of mouth.
0: Well, the first, the, the very first affiliate program that I've ever seen come to play was the mortgage broker. Yes. I don't know if you remember, but, but back in the day before you started and before I started, you had to go right to the bank. To get a mortgage
1: oh i thought i didn't mean like the loan officer well, for that's the what, broker that's right. what i are talking yeah. about so right. you had
0: to go to the bank to get a mortgage you had to go to richmond county savings bank you had to go to staten island those are the only two banks on staten island right maybe you had Citibank. maybe you had chase but dad and mom had to get in the car and go there and then somebody in the banking business decided we only have one location on staten island right we have to get everybody to drive to us what if we created this thing called a mortgage broker Where we license Uh them to go out and sell our product and just bring us back the money and then we'll transfer the funds and whatever. And now we have an office all over Staten Island. If we have 25 people out there, so that was the very first thing that I saw about leverage. Great example. Obviously, I'm in real estate, right? Real estate is a similar team process where the broker has... A bunch of agents out there that that they're working for the greater good of the company and, and leveraging right. you know each other for the one company. Teams are big today in real estate as well. Why? Because people understand that as one person, I can only do so much. Right. But three or four of us now we're a team. You know, seven or eight of us now we're you know a force. And I think that's where leverage you know plays its biggest part.
1: Enormous. And and then you think about it too. It's like so if you sell something. Uh, I won't pay you until you sell it, so uh, you know, and I'll give you a piece of it. So if you're going to make me ten dollars, I'll give you five. I want I want you to make uh, millions because I'll make millions. So that that's a that's a a, a better model than the employee employer model. It just is. That was always attractive to me about the mortgage industry and and and, and, and real estate, right? So when so many people get into real estate for the independence and they can do so, the, and that is in essence, like I said, affiliate marketing. Perfect example, Scott. But now what, what affiliate marketing doesn't have. And we're seeing a lot of it in the the real estate industry is leverage. This is what's creating things like these uh, real estate companies that have like seven levels to them, eight levels to them, is because now you have the same opportunity for everyone. Like in the mortgage business, the broker has got more leverage than the uh, loan officers. They don't have the leverage that, that the broker has, right? And so, in, in the in the network marketing model, everyone is a CEO. Everyone has the same amount of leverage. You can you can make more more, more money than anyone than the person that brought you in. So, and I think
0: that's the misnomer of that. When you want to go back to that first word that you yeah. use pyramid. The pyramid yeah people think that because when we met in someone's basement and said everybody throw twenty five dollars in and the lady and the husband in the front they made all the money. Right. And me and you, you know, got two people, we got our money back and that was it. And it um, yeah. and I think that's where I think people don't realize that if I work harder than you and you You've been a, a victim of it, and you've also, you know, made people millions of dollars yeah. Yeah. doing it. Where you, uh, you can pass the person that, that that brought you into the into the equation.
1: Not only can you pass them, but the person that you're passing is going to help you do it. Right, and, and so you know, it's like if you're the real estate. If you're involved in a good company, uh, yeah, and good, in, a, in a good company, what is, and that's again back to understanding business models, and this is why I'd, like this new model. Once I looked at, it, I said, "Wow, this is I'm stopping everything and I'm focusing on this." And so, uh, so they so again, they took the leverage, and got rid of the auto ship and all the stuff that's antiquated. Got rid of all the mullets, all the stuff that doesn't work anymore, right? And then, and then, and then added leverage to affiliate marketing. But here's the biggest part of it: they take both of those over here. But they took the, subs- the subscription economy, the subscription model, and added that. So this company just, uh, just added uh, 122 subscribe m- paid members in under 90 days, right? And uh, But if you look at Costco, 120 million customers with a 92% reorder rate, 92%. Retention. Yeah, it's sticky. Re- retention is key in business. Absolutely. No matter how you look at it, right? And so you look at Amazon Prime. You look at Dollar Shave Club. You look at BJ, You look at Netflix. You look at Hulu. You look at, you know, it you look started, at podcasts. All
0: started with AOL. A- AOL conditioned us to pay for a subscription. And, for and it,
1: it's it's better. You know, eighty percent of millennials prefer subscriptions. They're calling Generation Zs Generation Zero ownership, uh, ownership. So it's like, you know, you make be- a great point. well becoming immersed in an industry. And in learning, you wanna learn, you wanna learn things about your industry outside of your industry. So like what's happening over there? So I'm like really interested in that stuff, like consumer behavior. I ask my wife all the time, because she's never involved in business with me. She always loves when there's a lot of money coming in. She always loved that part. But anyway, she, she, she's, she doesn't do what I do. She would never jump out of the bushes and tell somebody, hey, look at this. So I'm just excited about it, for the possibilities for the, for the other person, right? Because when you see it happen, when you see someone who is living a life of quiet desperation and, and, they, and they just did, had no hope and they get, they see an opportunity for themselves, they're willing to do the work. They're willing to put in the time to, to work on themselves and become the person that they truly the, know they can be. They, they, and they need to be to be, you know, you gotta, you're not going to ever get paid further than your value. You've got to become the person that is worthy of the, you know, seven figures, or whatever it is you're looking for. And so... Uh, but when you see that happen so my, so i always ask my wife what do you think of this product what do you think of like how do you shop like i want to know how she cause she's an avid shopper right as far as you know she you know what subscriptions what things does she do she does these boxes like she'll get something with a gift so there's a, that's it's consumer behavior so i want to ask a consumer how they're behaving instead of taking something and trying to really insert it into the market if it's if it's already pushed out of the market and I learned that from my first business. It's like the market doesn't care about your, your patent for your product. Right. The market doesn't give a shit. Right. They're going to either discipline you or reward you. And so it's like, you know, it's like martial arts. It's like you go with it. You know, you have to have this, some wind at your back in order to achieve success, particularly in, in this very competitive world. And, and it's a small world. As big as it is and as enormous as it is, it's a small world and as windows of opportunity. And, and this is why, last thing I'll say too before you, maybe add to this is you said something before about uh you know you're not pigeonholed to one location and so when you see a podcast or or internet business or or side hustle that can pierce the economy of your own zip code your own county your city your state your country that's leverage
0: that's leverage you know
1: and so and people can will consume content on their
0: own time too and it seems like there's an equation of 1 1, plus one equals 3 with this which I think that is is a big part of it because, again, um, exponential growth, right? You get to a certain Mm -hmm. point where things just start to almost move on their own after a while. And I think that me owning a bagel store here on Staten Island, you know, you're going to reach certain ceilings, right? Just in terms of the bagel isn't going to last that long if I have to ship it to Idaho, right? You can Mm -hmm. flash freeze it. You can do all these different things, but it's not going to be the same product. Your product is identical regardless if I'm in... Yeah. or if I'm in Staten Island, New York.
1: And no one's driving from Idaho to Staten Island to get a bagel. Right. So, you know, you, you, you don't have that. Although, and listen, that could be a very lucrative business. As we, we have good friends that have the best bagel stores in Staten Island, as we know. And uh, and they have good businesses. So, they have good cash businesses and, and or, you know, money-making business. A lot of the side hustles, people got to understand, too. You're not going to get in a side hustle and then make a full-time living, like, in 90 days. No. It's no. not happening. It can. Can it happen? Yeah, it can happen.
0: But that's, that's to my point earlier is the fact that the options that kids have today, yes, stay with the job that you have, stay with that security, but understand that if you do the work in the side hustle, plan B could actually become plan A, right? And that's the part that I was trying to drive home earlier. No, don't, don't, you know. Say school sucks and I'm never going to school again because now I heard Gary Vee says that I can go to yard sales and I could buy a glove and sell it for five dollars more. Yes, you can do that, right? But, but security there's something to be said about if you want to live like a human being and, and possibly not have to eat out of garbage cans, you know, the, you do need to have that security, and not many people have, you know, a, a tree in the back of their house that, you know, shits out money right. or are fortunate enough to maybe have family that just is able to support them so they can go after their dreams and aspirations. You know, most of most of us have to have, you know, businesses that pay the bills. And now, uh, you know, at our age, you know, we're fortunate enough to, to have put a lot of time into that regular job to now be able to look at ancillary opportunities that yeah. actually, you know, drive us in a different direction than than what drove us 25 years ago. Because that's the other thing in life, right? What you liked 25 years ago, you might not necessarily love today and and vice versa, right? You definitely change in, in,
1: in your ways. It's, you know, one of my big things, I just want to sit, hang out with my wife and hang, you know, watch TV and do those things that, and then some people say, don't watch TV, it's going to make you broke, you know. No, do what you want to do. And you know, but the thing too with the with the side hustle, like they say in the beginning, you're grossly underpaid. And then you, you, if you work it the right way, you could be grossly overpaid, right? And so, but nothing can surpass the job income like a side hustle. You Actually. can't, that, like as a fireman, there's was the glass ceiling. I, right. If I wanted more money, I had to give you more time. If I wanted more time, I had to get you less money. Your
0: time and that,
1: money? that's all it was. And the same thing if you're a doctor, it doesn't matter what you are. If you you're trading your time or even your uh, expertise for, for money. Like in, when I was in the mortgage business, I it wasn't there was nothing residual about it. I know I would close a loan and I'd have to go get another loan, right? And it was all good. I made good money there, but I was also, uh, you know, in the hands of the market.
0: Well, I like to say that you, you woke up every morning unemployed.
1: I did. Okay. But you know what? Ironically enough too is this, and it's similar to what's happening right now. It was September of 2007 when I was introduced to network marketing and pyramid business, which is now affiliate marketing and is widely accepted. But uh, I didn't know, I didn't know that the, you know, eight loans that were on my desk were all all of a sudden gonna get kicked back and then we can say like, Wells isn't doing seconds. But I just closed the same
0: exact one yesterday. Yeah, yeah. we changed that.
1: No, no, no. You know, WAMU's out. You know, GMAC's not doing seconds. You know, Chase isn't doing 90% anymore. All these different guidelines were changing. We didn't know. We know now.
0: The coffee loan's not there where I can pay $900 for a million dollar loan.
1: Dude, right? We were saying they were were, were qualifying people on a 1.25% teaser rate. That was going to be gone in three months.
0: But you know what aggravates me? On a CISA. We were smarter than that. Like, you, doubt, you watch the movie The Big Short? A hundred times. I mean, yeah. I, I get aggravated when I watch the movie it's, it's. because we were in the mix of that. Right. And we knew that these people we were lending money to, they didn't pay anybody in life before us. So no. what made them us think that they were going to pay us? But we had this cool chart that you went down and over credit score minus <laughs> yeah. LP. Yeah. down and over. 8.99, and yeah. that's your rate. And you sure? Yeah, 5% down. Yeah, 5%. It was just bizarre. And now you look at it, I guess, you know, time obviously is always your best friend, right? You look back at it and you say like, how did we not see that these loans were going to default?
1: Crazy. Well, fortunately for me, a lot of my, uh, my customers, my clients were cops and firemen. So they were like basically full doc. They weren't, the, the, listen, whose fault is, is it—the borrower or the lender, or both? Right. So this is some everyone's culpable to a right. degree. Absolutely. If I'm going to go borrow, you know, four hundred thousand dollars, and I they say I work at McDonald's as a manager, meanwhile I just got fired last week. There's a problem there, right? Oh, well, it's like yeah. with drugs, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. people are hooked on, on on pills all over this island. Is it the the drug addicts' fault, or is it the pharmaceuticals right. that pump them out? Right. You know, like uh, yeah. chickens.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, they're both one and the same. Those two industries, I tell you that. Bank, as, far as banking and, and big pharma, but. So it's, you know, I love the talk of the the hustle, right? And, and so many different things. And I, I love when like leads, just like lead generation, you know, people consume, I know I consume content. If I see something I'm interested in, I put my name and email in and I want to learn more. And it doesn't mean it has to be my my friend that from the firehouse. It doesn't have to, you know, it, it's it's again, how do you get out of it? Now it's easier to get out of your comfort zone because you know, like putting out, uh funnels and leads and and things like that you can you can acquire leads and make sales without you know calling up your your second cousin and being like hey we haven't spoken yet a long time I want to get your feedback i want to currently you you know you don't really even have to do that if you put out good content and how do you put out good content you know yeah how would you how would you tell someone to come up with good content
0: well, listen, there's, there's so many free platforms out there today, whether it's exactly what we're doing right now, where we're speaking into an audio device, but we're also filming it to have the ability to repurpose it in so many different yeah. ways. So whatever your message that you want to get out, it's, it's extremely simple. I mean, today we, we might have you know some decent equipment in this room, but anyone with an iPhone, the thing that they're walking around with all day long, the last thing it is is a phone. Right, It does everything else but be a phone. you just
1: had two calls that you, you sent away right why are they calling me?
0: Well, <laughs> they, <laughs> right. I, I know why they call me right, right. but um, right. I, you know. but back to that you know how to create content turn, just press record. yes you know people people have such a hard time pressing record. People have a hard time caring about what people think about them too much. That's the biggest problem. A struggle. I, think that, that, I struggle with it. I, I do too. Yeah. I do too. I think we all do. I think we get better at it, yeah. right? Obviously, by doing stuff like this, I get better at it. But I think that at the end of the day, you're you're worried about people that, a, you either don't know, or b, you really don't like. Right. Right. And that's the strange thing. Like we buy stuff to impress people that we don't like. Right. And I never understood that concept. And I've been uh, I've been guilty of it many times. Yeah. You know, I, I can sit back and I can reflect. And, and that's what makes us better humans as we, we grow. But it's it's those are the paralyzing things that stop people. Everyone, everyone in the shower, laying in bed, driving to work has an idea. Yes, they all everyone has ideas, you know, it's just whether you're able to implement them with action, write them down, create short, medium and long term goals and actually see something through. And that's the problem. I mean, if if uh, if it was just as easy as coming up with an idea, everybody would be a millionaire. However, there's a flip side to that coin. With all this technology that's out there today, you know, we just talked about StreamYard. Me and you can talk, do exactly what we did right now from the comforts of our own home. Yeah. And people wouldn't know the difference. They would hear our voice. It would be yes. a great conversation with two or two friends at 35 years. Yeah. Um. So they're, to me, creating content isn't tough. I think people get paralyzed with perfection. I think that's the biggest issue with people creating content today, that it's it's uh, paralysis by analysis, right? 100%. They have to make sure they got the perfect thumbnail and the perfect title and the perfect keywords. And the, no, there's no such thing as perfect. Right. That's the thing. Perfect is just a, it's just a, a weird word that somebody made up one day that really doesn't mean anything <laughs> because right. you know, something is perfect if it's good enough, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's yeah. gotta be good enough. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I actually answered that no. question, but I think those are the, those are the steps that prevent people, from creating something, like I said about your dad earlier, right? Dad could come up with an ebook that explains to people how to make a cool pumpkin out of four pieces of wood, right? right. And, and now he can sell that for $19 and he could sell it to 2,000 people and make himself $40,000 in the comforts of his basement. right? You know, and, and, and you want to talk about residual. He only has to write that program once.
1: It's incredible. And, you know, back to the perfection too, and vulner- covered
0: a lot of No, that, that's day, good because okay. so I want to piggyback on that too many a- no- <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's vulnerability, right? People love vulnerability. They don't want to listen to someone who's polished. They, they, you know, I saw a friend of mine recently. He's so excited about this new business, right? And he has never done a Facebook Live, and he he's that was his opening. Listen, I've never done a Facebook Live, and he's doing it, and he's sweating, and he's afraid. And it was it got a ton of views, and everyone loved it. I loved it. I watched it twice. It was great, you know? Because people want to see real
0: people. And I think they, authenticity is the most yes. important thing in content creation. hundred percent. And, you know, yes, you have to be... I was on a podcast, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and they asked me what I thought the most important thing about content creation what was. And I feel that being authentic is the most important thing. Because I can go on all different types of you know, who X the public and all these crazy websites and find out what people are Googling and <laughs> what people want to know. But if, A, I'm not passionate about that issue and I'm not authentic about it, right. people are going to see right through me. You know, I've, I've always had a soft sale to me. I was yeah. never that, you know, bang the square peg through the round hole type of thing, buy this house right now type of person. Yeah. Um, I always tried to educate you know, you, you said to me earlier, which you, I want you to repeat those three E's because I think that's a mantra that that anyone in business should really, really absorb and live every single day. So what was it again? It's entertain, educate and empower. And, you know, starting
1: everything, uh, every meeting, everything about that or just your intentions, I think. Is, is And this is why the ILT, invest, you learn, you teach or LATs, learn, apply and teach. And, you know, for someone who wants to learn how, you know, do something like put out content, right? You want because most people are like petrified of you said hit record and just do it to live and just do it. What you could do is you can read something that's interesting to you or speak about something you heard on a podcast. Hey, I just heard on this podcast. This is what they said. And this is what I think about it. And if you if you do that, you're coming from a point of it's entertaining because if you said i've never done a facebook live before you got people's attention this is my Absolutely. first yeah. so that that's that's that, that's attention is the game right and so <clears throat> there's that and then you know watching someone that's nervous about something is when i say entertaining it's it's keeping your attention right it could be dramatic it doesn't mean someone has to be juggling like we, yeah. you know whatever the entertainment is and then when you're educating someone about people we have this in, innate thing we want to learn this is why people get so frustrated in schools like i don't know if i want to learn trigonometry today right. or whatever it may be the uh, t- uh, you know borax whatever it is whatever it is, you can tell I didn't learn it because I right, don't even know what the fuck it is so, so so there's that and then when people see someone vulnerable do something or just see what's available to them they
0: are empowered to say you know what I can too well I think that that what, what the world is missing is empathy right I think a lot of people have it and maybe where we grew up As kids, it was soft, looked upon as soft to have empathy, to to have consideration, to care about other people. And I think that's where that grab is, is that you can be empathetic for somebody who is doing something for the first time understanding their struggles. When people come in here and sit down, the first as soon as I put the camera in front of their face, they don't want to speak. You know, they they talk to me for five hours, but as soon as I hit record, they're a completely different person. Right. Um but but also what the beauty of, of content creation is today, so maybe you don't like what you look like, right? So you can create this audio podcast just like this and nobody has to see you. Right. And you can read and you can you can quote things and you don't necessarily have to be under the gun to perform. Right. right and then there's that third step that you can transcribe maybe maybe you can take your words and put into writing and, and create blogs that yeah. now you can get out there in a form of content so that repurposing to me is the biggest thing mm. that that um content creation allows you to do and that's why i think that um just doing one singular part of it isn't the right way to go i think that you can find your niche if your your, your face is built for radio right. then just stay on a podcast and if You don't like the way you sound, then write. You know, have something transcribed. There's AI bots out there today that will transcribe this whole thing for me in 90 seconds and we can create a blog out of it. So there are so many opportunities when it comes to content creation. But again, it comes down to, you know, being passionate about whatever it is that you're talking about. You don't have to be an expert. You know, I love that word expert. Um, You have to be passionate about it. You you have to be a student of it. I call myself a student of something. I'm never, you know, an expert of anything. I'm, I'm a student of that game.
1: Everyone that is perceived as an expert will be the first one to say that they're a student, right? And so... I, You know, as for back to like the face, even the face for radio. If you look at Buddy Hackett, I don't remember. <laughs> him. He had a face for radio, but he, he would love to look at him, right? No. And so, Don Knotts. Don Knotts, right? Uh, I mean, a legend, right? You know, when he was on the show, he was like our age. He looked like he was 70. <laughs> so, you know, we looked around and said... thought he was born at
0: 70. I'm yeah. telling you. But he was a funny Oh, bastard. my God. I remember a funny story. Oh, my story. God. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. John did ask, though. You remember John? Yeah, yeah. He, we went to Atlantic City. It was like seven, eight of us. Gerard, Sarah, a bunch of us. And he tells me he gets tickets to this. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Don Rickles. not. Don oh, my Rickles, God. Even better. Yeah, Don yeah, Rickles. Um, Don Nazi. He's, yeah, yeah, he's
1: one of my favorites, Don Rickles.
0: So I'm saying to myself, like, this kid's really lost his fucking mind. Like, I'm fucking 22 years old. The last thing I want to go do is watch Don Rickles. Oh I'll call God. my grandmother grandfather yeah. up. They'll be down here in no time. Legend. They're going to go. They're going to have a great time with you. And you let me know how it worked out for you. Well, let me tell you, I left that show, Forget I had it. a whole new respect for that guy. When I tell you funny, Legend. I mean, he, he, and he took, we were up front, he took us all apart one by oh, one. Oh, yeah. One by one. And yeah. we, we considered ourselves funny back yeah, then, Yeah, yeah,
1: right? no, he is...
0: <laughs> yeah, not, not Don like that. Knotts. I remember Don Knotts. He was on, like, Three's Company, right? The yes. Bull, you know, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Don Rickles. <laughs> and Andy Griffith. Yeah. He, he, uh, Don Rickles, I actually showed my kids Don Rickles. He's, he's like, to me, he's like, uh... A mentor of mine, you know, <laughs> it really is because yeah. he's he's just the and you know it's funny too in, in your so you take that too right you take what you love and you and this is why we read it's why we watch movies and things and you take a little or, or the nugget we pick up we take it we 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 take like all of our quotes we said today we're saying it we heard it before it's we didn't I, I haven't had an original thought here today you <laughs> don't think but the the reality is you take it and you de- re- repackage it and de- deliver it to someone who needs it to hear it that way right. And so, you could take it, this is why, uh, back to authenticity, you, we, if you listen, I said this to you before, like the Black Crows, you know that they were inspired by the Rolling Stones, yes, right? And so, because you can hear it in their music, but that's not, you're not going to say, oh, Black Crows, maybe. What made them think they can ever be in the music industry? They're they're legends. Right. But they were, someone's inspired by someone else. Always. Whether it's fighters, this is what makes everyone else better. Every sport, every Every actor, every, you know, every profession, everything.
0: You've never heard an interview with somebody of, of any caliber, of any any entertainment, sports, whatever you want to call it, that told you they didn't look up to somebody when they started.
1: Leadership, right? Right. there has got to be leadership, inspiration. You know, people speak about motivation. I think motivation comes from your own action. And it's like if you want different results, right? We're a product of what we do, right? Right. so that's it. You can look at, the, if I have too many pounds, I mean like, I yeah, apparently sure am eating comments. too much, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's apparently I'm doing something, it's, it's gotta be me. I can't go blaming, some, sometimes I blame my wife. You know, you're always cooking these amazing meals. And so uh, it starts with inspiration and, and, and your thoughts. You know, so if you're inspired, you start thinking and your words change. When your words change, you start taking different actions. Right. It's what they say, you know, faith without... When you when you speak it, you know, the, the, the words, you take the action. You take action over and over again, you start getting motivated from your own action. Now you start taking more action and more action, and then you change your habits. So your habits will change your results. Not People think it's in the realm of working harder, working harder. It's working a little bit different. It's changing your words, changing your thoughts, your words, and living that inspired life. We are all inspired by someone, right. and that's what it's, it Every has day. to be every day it has to be it has to be that and i think that you know school in corporate america and in the police department and the fire department and I'll, I'll add them too because that's where i my my background as an employee was roots, yeah. is uh, there wasn't anything there was y- y- there's fear your, your fear of getting in trouble fear of failing when i say fear of failing in school like you're going to get the red ink yeah. i'm saying the fear of that the fear of you know uh, being insubordinate you got to show up on time and all these different things they they suck the life out of inspiration and people need to be inspired. You know, the other night I I watched a fight. It was Justin Gaethje against this uh, really tough, tough guy. I forgot the guy's name. And, uh, you know, he made incredible adjustments in that fight and won the fight, you know. And it was, his talk after was very inspiring. I mean, so many times it's funny. The older I get, the more emotional I am when sure. I when I'll hear a you know post fight interview and I start crying. Yes. You know, and it's it's you know that that's what makes people want to. That's get, empathy. It's right? empathy, right? And it's it's doing the thing. So I mean, living that inspired. And I think
0: life, it's 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 who you surround yourself with, right? I think that's a big part of it. Like if you don't like where you are, move. Right, and I don't mean move like yeah. from your house and move like if you if you're not comfortable in in, in your surroundings, change your surroundings, right? If you if you're, you, you, Les Brown said, you know, you can't fly like an eagle hanging around with pigeons. Yep, yeah. and you know I I firmly believe that that you know there's a lot of things that you just said makes a lot of sense to me and they hit home, but I also think it's by me being able to be around people like yourself and the other, you know, business partners that I have that have taught me over the last couple of years of, of changing my mentality and changing, you know, the, the limited beliefs that we have sometimes. I think that's a big part of it as well.
1: You know, I've heard, it. you know, when you can't change your friends, you're gonna have to change your friends. And so, you know, you can't change who they are, you gotta change who you're hanging with, you know? Right. Kiyosaki always says, if you want to be a mechanic, hang out with mechanics. You know, I right. want to be a golfer, hang out with golfers. And No if he,
0: change, no change.
1: No change, right? And to so be is, it's like, wow, I, I, all my friends are drunks. They're all drinking a little. oh wait, so am I. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, what do but I- And I
0: don't drink as much as them.
1: No, right, right. Or I can <laughs> handle it better. You know, even <laughs> though I was just streaking down the boardwalk <laughs> yesterday. And so uh, <laughs> it, it's that, and it's like, and it's funny. And I still, you still still see, it, it doesn't make them bad people. No. I have old friends of mine, miserable. Great people, miserable, especially a lot of cops. Friends of mine, Feyman. I just saw some some miserable friends at, at the medicals. That I just what was that? some friends and good good guys, good guys, good girls, but they're miserable. I can I can only limit my time of those people. Even oh, if yeah. even if they could be your, your parents, you've got to. This is why you know like you said like an eagle. You got you got to soar. It's time for you to do what you want to do in life, and you know living that life of hope. And I, I think without hope of creating a better life. Too many people murmur words about themselves. I'm too old. Best days are behind me. I can never do that. I hear it all the time. When you raise your level of consciousness about that, to watch what you say, you notice what people say. Absolutely. They're de-edifying themselves all day long. I'm I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that, I can't. And I mean, I have to limit my time to even listening to that.
0: Negativity breeds. You know, you can't, I know how I am personally. i have to be around inspiring people if i don't i find myself slipping um that's where i I try to navigate or or migrate towards books or or, you know self-development because i believe that's what you know you don't always have a mentor that you can you know call up right there and on the spot but you know if you can align yourself with a couple of good people Listen, your father told you when you were a kid, you can count your friends on one hand. You yes. laughed at him and said, that I have 50 friends. Right. Uh, I can you know, call any one of them. They'll come pick me up right now. And you look back today, you know, there's a saying that you never realized your father was right until you have a son who thinks that you're wrong. Oh,
1: that's good. That's so true, too. Oh, right? my God. So, yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, my dad said you're going to have to shed some people. You'll yeah. be shedding them.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's, you know, and it's, it's warranted. Quite honestly, you know, and getting back to that, I have friends too that are in the same exact spot as they were 30 years ago and it doesn't make them bad people. They're comfortable in that situation. I'm just not comfortable continuing to go down that path with them. When I see it, it's either self-destructive for them or more importantly self-destructive for me, because I always felt like if I'm not growing, I'm dying. Yeah. Right. So it's just me trying to constantly, you know, find different outlets to learn. And that's, uh, which i did tremendously today man i i I can't forget about being able to see you after so long you know i I didn't realize it's been seven years it feels like it's been 70. even though we see each other and we talk on you know social media all the time yeah yeah i I thought you were out, out of here a lot longer than that you seem like you have because i i think it's really comes down to the work that you've put in not here that i've seen to probably make me believe that you've been out there a lot longer, because uh, you know you're definitely a true testament to an entrepreneur. I hate using the word serial entrepreneur, but there aren't many guys like you out there and oh, that, that that care to give back and care that you know make people's lives different. And you know it's been a pleasure, and, and you know obviously uh, a pleasure seeing you as well. But, thank you,
1: uh, thank you, my brother. Since I know you as kids, you know you always. Uh, I just remember you always laughing always smiling always great athlete always real tough tough hard yeah. hardcore tough guy but a good guy great athlete truly sure. I, I really appreciate yeah. seeing your wife before too and I, I look at your son I see your kids beautiful kids I see your son I see you I said <laughs> I, I know you from the 70s yeah. and not too many people could say that about uh, him yeah today. And, and your sister she's just a beautiful person inside now really so okay. I, I appreciate you now I, I have limited time up here in New York yeah and I said I want to make sure I come I'm see you. I'm glad
0: that I was able to, you know, spend a couple of those moments with you. Real fast, before you leave. Where can I find you? Where can people find you looking at, you know, the different opportunities that you have going on right now? Um, different platforms that you might be on.
1: I appreciate you asking. I mean, look, right now, you know, I'm active on Facebook. I have a TikTok channel. I have an Instagram uh, thing, but I you know, I'm I'm growing as well too, you know. So so yeah, I'm lo- I have a couple private Facebook groups that are building businesses in uh different different business models and uh everything's everything's rocking right now i mean right now we're at, at a time when people are looking for some positive change it's 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 going well you know right. it's, it's going good so you can just find me on facebook Vin Lamantia on facebook
0: Lamantia. Yeah, all right, right i'll brother. make sure i have that in the you know, notes i appreciate you Vin, he, and and anybody that gets the same you're gonna see he uh he's a breath of fresh air he's, Thanks, he's, he's real as it comes The fact he doesn't, I always say that he doesn't have 300,000 followers is beyond me because, you know, anyone that listens to him will know that everything he says is from the heart. Nothing is staged. Um, That's just the way he is. He's a funny bastard. He's always been a funny bastard. Um, So definitely check him out. I know you had, he had Vince, Vincent, uh, or the Vin LaMant rant, the Vin LaMant rant. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's. Is that's that what still I'm. Alive?
1: Yeah, it's alive. That, okay. That's my. That's one of my Facebook uh, pages and uh, the Vin Lamant rant because I can't hold to get my mo- my mother. And one last thing, she says, Vin, honey, I love you, but you got to make your video shorter and stay on topic.
0: No, that's why we're too much. I know. Topics. Perfect. This is why. This is why I brought you on. Yeah, my There's brother. No, no such thing as staying on topic in, in this room. That's for sure. But again, appreciate my you man. being here. Appreciate. it. Thank you. Talk to you, you soon. Thank and you. Uh, thank you everybody for listening, and um, hope to uh, see you real soon.